So after about 10 months of waiting, George Floyd's killer is finally getting his day in court. Let's discuss that. Oh yeah, and I got another round of the relationship talk. But first, the intro. Thanks for tuning in to the Keys to Gems podcast. This is your host, Lonoso. Keys to Gems fearlessly goes after a better understanding of every topic discussed. I hope you enjoy listening and take something away from each episode. And if nothing else, always know there is nothing we should fear discussing and understanding better. With that said, let's get to it. The trial for former officer Chauvin is well underway now. This week, we got to see the prosecution lay out its case, starting with telling the jury, believe your eyes. Now, that's referring to the video of former officer Chauvin kneeling on the neck of the late George Floyd. There was also testimony from an array of people, from the lady that actually took the video, who was a off-duty EMT. There was also testimony from the sergeant and LT that made it clear what Chauvin did was not the policy of that police department. And was it basically went against the training. <laughs> now... In addition to that, there was video of the time right before the incident that showed George Floyd being anything but a threat. Now, this is not the end-all be-all for the trial. The defense still gets to make its case. While they have a chance to cross-examine each witness that the prosecution puts up, it's not the same thing as them starting off and laying out their side of the things or how Chauvin would present his defense himself. And that should be done soon, actually. The thing that really took me back with this trial was not just the fact that people were getting a chance to see more footage of a horrible event that the entire nation and some would say the world actually got to see. The eight minutes and 46 seconds that we were all familiar with, well, it's actually over nine minutes. And you looking at it in the detail that they have it, body cam footage and seeing Chauvin kneeling on Floyd's neck. It was something to see the lieutenant, who is the highest ranking, the most senior member of their department, say that that's not how we do things. That's not, that's against training. That's deadly force. And he couldn't see anything in the video that made it look like that was warranted. I was taken back a bit because I didn't know how I would feel seeing this trial. Having done the job of police officer, I 
have a special affinity for law enforcement. I believe that the job should be done, that the job is necessary in spite of its heritage as far as being started to find runaway slaves, despite the many bad apples that tend to cloud the blue line that protects us from those that would break the law. But watching this trial is different. Hearing the voices of people that were there is different this time. It's different than when I experienced it. And it's different now, honestly, because I felt powerless. It, I mean, it, it can go without saying that, yeah, Mr. Floyd, he's not coming back. This trial isn't going to bring him back. So there's nothing for that family as far as relief that can come from this except maybe with the guilty verdict of Chauvin but I don't know I don't know that that would be the case because I don't know how the jury will vote if they'll vote to convict and if there'll be appeals after it but what I do know is this trial is showing us that the justice system does work it doesn't always work as fast as we want it to. It doesn't always work in the way that we think it should. But it does work. But it also highlights something else. When you take a life unjustifiably, this isn't talking about in defense of life, in defense of, in defense of or trying to prevent a sexual assault from happening. As many states allow someone being killed to prevent that from happening. This isn't like trying to stop a murder by murdering somebody or a bank robber having a shootout. This is trying a former police officer for doing the wrong thing. As bad as it can be because it cost someone his life. I really don't know how to feel except patient now. Because we have to see how it's going to play out. We have to see if the jury is actually going to see what everyone else sees, but see it that same way. This did not have to happen. Mr. Floyd, yeah, he wasn't like an angel or anything. But damn it, they weren't. It was, nothing he did was worth killing them. So we'll see. And again, at the time of the recording of this recording, it's April 2nd. Damn. March came in and was like, all right, I'm not going to stay with y'all too long because last March was just out of control. So I'm going to leave as soon as possible. <laughs> but at the time of this recording, it's April 2nd. It's Good Friday for those religious folks out there. And the trial will pick up next week. I hope that justice is served for the family's sake. Because as much as people would like to say, oh, he got to get this one for black people for all the times that black people have been wrong. Mm, nah, because all the times black people have been wrong, they were wronged and it shouldn't have happened, but it did happen just like George Floyd's death 
did happen. We go focus on this one right now because this ain't making up for it. This is just doing the right thing right now. But we shall see. I am really. Yeah, I'm just patiently waiting to see. Let me jump into the second topic. So for the second topic, I want to speak on a topic or re- I just I guess I should say revisit a topic that I presented to you guys before. And it's the relationship with the truth. And I'm going to attach it to something that's been in the news actually for the past couple of weeks. Now, it's been mentioned before that there are voter suppression laws being presented in 40 plus states. Georgia recently passed a law, Governor Kemp signing the bill into law under a picture of the Callaway plantation. That's problematic, but we're not talking about that. But the relationship with the truth is kind of one of those funny things that kind of shows itself in weird ways sometimes. This time, it's showing itself in how people really feel when things happen. Now, it doesn't go without, it, we, it cannot go unsaid, I should say, that the voter suppression laws are being met with resistance. Companies are speaking out. Like Major League Baseball, they removed the All-Star game from Atlanta. Very nice of them. But they knew what was going on before the bill was law. Delta, one of the largest companies, or maybe the largest company in Georgia, saying the CEO saying, oh, the law is wrong. And while we are glad that voter rights are shored up, no one should be adversely affected by a law with regards to voting. Like, okay. See, the truth is, this law passed and many people knew about it. Hell, I'm in Texas and I was talking about it. But they knew there. Stacey Abrams says it's not time to start boycotting. It's not time to, you know, hit them in the pockets. Just, they just want the influence to have these state senators and state representatives understand that our voices need to be heard. So the speaking up now is almost like trying to do the right thing when everyone's looking at you. And that's what they see is okay. And many people might cheer them. Many people saw the move by Major League Baseball. And I, I saw this on Twitter and other platforms of social media and even saying it on the news yeah, that was a good move by Major League. But is it is it a good thing to see somebody not reaching a hand into the cookie jar when you're looking at them? Or do you want them to not get into the cookie jar like they're supposed to when you're not looking at them? So the truth is, things are happening right in front of us. Things are happening that affect us, and people know that. But people also know that, generally speaking, Life is happening, and that tends to mute the effects of things related to politics. Now, I'm not a fortune teller or a 
can't see in the future, but it would seem that some people need to take the time to really understand what's right, what's good, what's true, and what's false. The right thing is every person that can vote should vote. That's how democracy, representative democracy works. But when you put it in or when you put laws into effect that limit the access to the polls, what people may say, well, we need strong voting laws. Well, okay, well, we needed poll taxes at one time. It's just a poll tax. We needed literacy tests. It's everyone should be able to read. Hmm. Well, and that last thing, you know, some countries actually have pictures that represent people for the ballot. They don't have names like us. It'd be like, Vote for watermelon, and that will represent, for example, George W. Bush. Vote for banana, and that will represent Barack Obama. So those things that we need and we can look away or maybe turn our head to, those aren't really good things. People decide to see the good when they want to see the good. But people also see the good when they don't want to look for or look at the bad. So the truth is, while democracy relies on all of us to be active participants, the truth is also that certain people in power only give a damn about power and money. But people don't understand that. People say, why are they this way? Somebody should do something about it. Why is it that we can look at our surroundings, we can see bridges needing repair, roads needing to be done. Yet, we'll allow people that are in charge to say, we don't want to spend money on infrastructure. Well, we driving over these bridges that are in disrepair. We driving over these roads that's tearing up our tires and rims, making us spend $200 a pop for tires. The truth is, we must stay in good relations with the truth. Major League Baseball knew this was going on in Georgia. After the election, this was the play. As I mentioned before, don't lead better, don't have better policies, just change the rules so people that voted for the people that you don't like, just make it so that they can't vote them in office anymore. Our relationship with the truth must be steadfast through everything. We are responsible for our actions and we are responsible for the inactions that keep us in the places that we are in. So when people take the time to read an article or maybe see a tweet, sometimes certain things are worth your attention. Sometimes we must be able to get within ourselves to find out what we can do, find out what numbers to call, to talk to people, even if it's just to their communications representative, even if it's just to their secretary. Hey, this is not okay. The law in Georgia was passed, signed into law, but that's not the only one. 40 other states, including Texas, have laws on the books, or have laws, I should say, 
that or bills that can become laws if people don't start speaking up. That's the truth. I hope you have a good relationship with it. Everyone's voice matters, even if they disagree with you. And this isn't to say that one-party politics should rule, meaning since it's a Democrat president in office, it should be only Democrats. Nuh-uh, because that doesn't work out, because then the inverse would be true also. But to paraphrase, uh, I think his name is Adam Sorkinson, or Aaron Sorkinson, our, these past generations have been the worst period, generation period of all time, period. Because we have let so many things go. The truth is standing there. The truth demands our attention. Our country needs us. Our states need us. Our cities need us. And we need each other. With that said, this has been the 43rd episode of the Keys to Gem podcast. This is your host, Lo Noso. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I'll see you next week.